You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the advantages of bioactivity and biomimicry for patients and dental practices and how to educate patients about treatments involving bioactive and biomimetic materials. Our guest is Larry Clark, an expert on the topic. He's Director of Clinical Affairs and Marketing at Pulp Dent. Larry has authored publications and lectured extensively on dental materials and was the first non-dentist, non-dental lab member inducted into the American Society for Dental Aesthetics. It's pretty impressive. Larry, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Hey, thanks, Phil. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, so how do patients benefit from bioactive and biomimetic dental materials? Well, actually, the patients were the goal the whole time. That's how we think here. Uh, so, you know, again, you know, the, in the first podcast, we talked about failure. And we have a saying around here that if you're not the aspirin for somebody's headache, then why are you doing what you're doing? And so we started a number of years ago trying to work, you know, figure out how to solve some of the issues to do with failure. And largely they have uh, revolve around leakage. So the first benefit is, of course, the fact that these materials should last longer than the 5.7 or the six years that we're now seeing in current data. And that by itself is is uh, is something that we I hope we're all striving for as manufacturers to give longer lasting or uh, longer lasting outcomes for these restorations. So that's first and foremost. I think secondly is the um, as well is some of the benefits are going to come from the way these materials interact with the tooth structure in in a dynamic way instead of a passive way. So, for example, Activa has a rubberization component to it that allows the material to flex. So if you think about a large class two restoration, for example, that has four good cusps with the mesial, occlusal, uh, distal aspects of the tooth have all been removed and replaced by a plastic filling, that filling is not able to move in response to those cusps because the cusps are still doing what they do. You know, the enamel is is taking the shock of the bite. The dentin is helping to absorb that, uh, that uh, those forces to hopefully protect the pulp. But at the same time, you're putting stresses on those vertical margins of the composite and the, the tooth, and, and they're at odds with each other because the tooth is moving and the restoration is not. That's why I think the biomimetic or the, the biofunctional type materials that have a, like a rubberization to them, so they're able to, you know, be a little forgiving when there's a shock to the bite, you know, that, uh, that rubberization is going to help maintain that, uh, not just that bond, but that seal at the margin. So I think those are the two primary benefits uh, for the patient. Right. So you covered that very well. And as far as the dentist and the dental practice, uh, is there an advantage for the dental practice to be using bioactive and biomimetic materials on a regular basis with their patients? Well, you know, <laughs> this is just our feeling. We think that this helps create a conversation for the practitioner and the patient. And, you know, I think patients want to know that the practitioners are looking to the future, you know, to materials that are more natural, uh, have more natural-like abilities, if you will, back to that mimicking uh, story. I think uh, there's a real um, interest in that area. We you know, we often get, uh, oftentimes get phone calls from parents 
uh, here at the manufacturer uh, at Pulpent, you know, asking about fluoride or BPA, bisphenol A, and these sort of things. And we know there's a there's a high uh, area of interest, you know, about these uh, two BPA in Florida because fluoride, because they think there's something that uh, is wrong. And so when the dentist can uh, approach the patient and say, hey, I'm looking at materials that act more mimic nature more readily, I think there's um, uh, a strong buy-in there uh, for, the, for the practice. And I think it shows the patient that the dentist cares enough to keep looking uh, or look down these roads, if you will, for improvement of materials and materials that will benefit them from long, for uh, longevity, et cetera. Um, I think there's a real health story there that uh, you won't find in passive inert dental materials. Getting back to the patient, um, do you think they need to know about the materials? Uh, should a dentist discuss it with them specifically that, that the restorative procedure they're about to undergo and the materials that will be utilized on their teeth have these bioactive and biomimetic characteristics? I think a very short conversation explaining the, the material that they're going to place is a benefit because, you know, what do patients know? You know, they're, they're just trusting. And I think every little bit of information that the practitioner can pass on to the patient just, again, builds that confidence and that trust and brings down the, you know, some maybe some of the anxiety and things like that. It makes them feel more involved. Um, and, you know, very seldom do dentists ever talk about the materials they place. They just call everything a filling. And in this case, with bioactive materials, you're doing more than filling. You're being you're being dynamic and functioning with the tooth. So I think there is a little bit of a story there that can be told. Yeah, I'm wondering, um, just from the standpoint of these materials uh, being so beneficial to the patient, you know, in the pharmaceutical industry, they put these commercials on that say, ask your doctor about this drug. If you're having these symptoms, you know, ask your doctor about this. Um, <laughs> it would be it would be interesting to, uh, of course, very expensive to do that kind of marketing. But it'd be interesting to get, the, you know, get the patients educated on the benefits and then they can say to their dentist, you know, are you using, is this material bioactive or biomimetic? Um, yes. You know, it's, it's, it's the same thing with food groups. They go to restaurants and they, they ask, is this part of GMO, you know, manufacturing processes where any of these foods are, are created that way? Not only valuable, obviously, for the dentist to communicate with their patients, but it would be good for the patients to learn about this stuff outside of their own dentist. I agree. I know they're trying because we have a closed Facebook group and I'm one of the uh, facilitators of that group. And I see people from all over the world, no dental backgrounds whatsoever. Uh, you know, we may, we positioned it actually for dentists and hygienists, but it's amazing. I bet at least a dozen or two dozen people a day from around the world are trying to get into the group so they can understand what it is. And we don't let them in. We're trying to keep it for professionals. But I think there's a there's an, uh, a good level of interest by patients to know more about what's going in their mouth. Absolutely. Um, you know, and as we know, with the amalgam scare, with all the patients running their dentist to have their amalgams taken out, I think that might have been overblown because amalgam, yep. you know, may not be as bad as people say it is. But um and they sure do last a long time because I have three or four amalgams in my mouth. Fifty, <laughs> it's, they're four, they're close to fifty years old, and they're functioning beautifully. Yeah. So, what could you say yep. about that? Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> good, good for you. <laughs> so um, my last question on this podcast is, what are the best ways to educate patients about bioactivity? Do you have any specific ways that you recommend to dentists as you travel around the country and do your hands-on courses and so forth, the educational aspect from your company? Well, um, I, I mean, we've increased our education both uh, online and uh, in person uh, substantially in the last two years. Um, we feel very strongly about it. We're committed to it in not just in uh, our country, but around the world. Uh, we're doing, we've, as you know, we've done Aviva learning in Spanish mm -hmm. uh, because there's such a high level of interest for these materials in Central and South America. It's unbelievable. And, and so um, we're doing whatever we can to get the word out there. But we typically, as a company, we try to work through education even more so than marketing, which is the slow road, but it's the long road and it's the best road long term. And Pulp Dent thinks like that. You know, we're, we're in the long game. We're not in the short game. We're not trying to buy market share. We're trying to educate uh, to create change. Right. And, and most, of, uh, most of the education that you're doing, and you've done some phenomenal webinars with Viva Learning, um, most of the education is obviously for the dentists. But um, yeah. what, what about the best ways to educate the patients themselves? Are there any methods that you recommend to dentists so that they can, if they start using or when they start using, I shouldn't say if, when they start using bioactive materials like yours and uh, the other company that you mentioned that also sells these types of products, um, is there something that you feel is the most effective way to get the word to their patients and for them to understand that that practice is, is you know, complying with state-of-the-art materials to improve longevity of these restorations through through the uh, prevention of leakage uh, and, and the other failure points that you talked about? Well, there's uh, a couple of avenues that we've approached. We're working through uh, dental assistant programs. We're also working with uh, hygienists uh, that lecture and also have a, a large online presence. There's specifically, we found a couple of clinician, uh, hygienist clinicians that communicate directly to the public and have very large um, following bases, if you will to educate more and more about, you know, changes taking place in prevention, bioactivity, biomimicry, et cetera. And then we're coming to market soon with uh, brochures, and I'm sure most of the manufacturers will do the same thing, something you can have in the uh, waiting room to help the patient uh, understand more readily uh, the why of bioactivity, the why the dentist is doing what he's doing, and what the why is or the benefit to them as a patient. I think you have to cover off on the three whys. Uh, why did we do this? Well, <laughs> we're trying to uh, get restorations to last longer, um, basically. And so um, I think those are the best ways. We're looking at other types of um, media, you know, to get into the public. But uh, first and foremost, we're trying to establish you know, uh, the meaning of it all with uh, the dentists and uh, hygienists. Well, thanks, Larry, for your time on this podcast. Um, it's interesting to hear 
how uh, bioactive materials have really grown in the restorative, direct restorative uh, sector of professional dentistry. And obviously the products are working. The KOLs are talking about it all over the place. And uh, congratulations on your success at Pulptent. And we appreciate your time on this podcast. We look forward to your next one, which is talking about challenges and opportunities with bioactive materials. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate it very much.